Hi, welcome to another episode of Paul Tom Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Don Angle. He's the Vice President of Global Strategy and Solutions at Doble Engineering, and I had the great luck to catch him here at the Doble Engineering Conference in Boston, and figure we'll just uh, poke around and ask him a couple of questions. Is that okay for you, Don? Yeah, good morning, Alex. Love to talk to you about this. Ah, uh, great. Well, the the big point is 10, 15 years ago, nobody cared about where the grid met the consumer or where the grid met the facility or where, frankly, where the grid met the grid in a lot of places, but it's no longer the case. How do you see that? That's true. Today, with the uh, advent of di- digital technology going all the way down to the home, we can digitize everything about the power system from the home all the way back to generation. So that covers the whole scope of the system. So now it's just how do you leverage all that information? Well, and that's the big thing because you've got a two-prong issue there. You've got to educate the engineering community that's been basically a twisted wire and bent sheet metal group, and you've got to make sure that the protocols are properly in place and the maintenance issues are properly in place because you've got to be able to test it, you've got to be able to maintain it, install it, and those are a lot of moving parts there, right? Yes, it's a very, it's a very complicated system. You know, the, the electric system itself is the largest man-made machine ever built. And today we've digitized it, so that brings on a whole other layer of complex um, problems that we're trying to solve at this conference. So we have a lot of people here today and through the week giving papers about what they're doing with technology and the application to solve problems. Excellent. So, like, what are some of the challenges that you're hearing from your uh, client base and the people working out there right now? So the biggest challenge right now is how do you manage all the new data that's coming in? And it comes in from a lot of uh, sources. And in the past, like when I started 30 years ago, you wrote things down when you tested equipment. Today, uh, in our innovation suite, all this equipment in here is all digital, so it just connects to your computer and downloads the files. So now what do you do with all these files? Because you can generate um, hundreds of thousands of data points in a year in testing. So what we are doing is helping the community by pulling together all these data sets that can come from multiple sources. We have interfaces to like over 400 different sources to be able to pull that data in to a single source and then put it into a visual geospatial view so it's very easy for the technician or the engineer or the executive to find the information they're looking for. And you mentioned an interesting word in there, the executive. (laughs) You don't often see that level of granularity at the executive suite, but I guess it's becoming important now. The uh, executives, um, back when I started in in most utilities uh, 30 years ago, they were mostly engineers and moved up to the president's level of the companies. Today, they're usually either lawyers or financial people, which, you know, it's not saying they're bad or anything, but it's, it's the uh, shareholders that are driving that because they want people who are focused on returns for the shareholder. So those executives who are not technically from the field have to rely on new tools to help them with their risk. I mean, that's what the financial models are all about is how do you manage the risk? for the corporation, whether it's a safety risk, environmental, financial impact due to failures. Uh, Even today, NERC can come along and fine you a million dollars a day if you haven't done uh, your processes correctly and have an outage. So they're liable and they're trying to mitigate the risk the best they can. So they like to see dashboards that kind of define what the risk profile, at least on an asset level, looks like for them. 
Now, that, it sounds to me like you're describing your, your ARMS system, which is your uh, risk management system. Are there some hardware systems that you'd like to mention at this event? Well, yeah, that's a, so that's the data aggregator, right. is ARMS, and in, uh, put everything in dashboard for various levels within the organization. We also collect a lot of data through our sensors or our offline testing programs that we have um, with the utilities that generate a lot of this data that drive the dashboards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, um, other than that, where do you see it going? Do you see it becoming a bigger challenge in the communication protocol side, in the security side, hardware infrastructure side? There are a lot of things going on. Where do you see some of the big opportunities and or challenges? So the, the big um, challenge that people are talking about this week here at the conference is now that uh, Microsoft has ended the support for XP, <laughs> everybody's going, all right, now we got to do something, because a lot of utilities, believe it or not, are still running XP, because it was a very stable platform, <laughs> so they didn't have to, to migrate, you know, the well, a bit, Windows Vista and then the 7 and 8. Uh, Vista was a joke, no offense. So. <laughs> I, I actually I actually got a uh, 64-bit evaluation uh, set when I first when it first came out. Ran it for a couple of years on a 64-bit machine. I built myself, and it was like almost like a wake-up call. Hi, updating. Hi, updating, and it was yeah, just a joke. Was, yeah, so, are you guys doing anything to address that? Or are you just going to take what the new solution is that Microsoft's providing and rejigger it for us? Well, we've uh, well last year we kind of knew this wall was coming, so we've. Um, upgraded all our hardware to interface to Windows 8 or 7, so it's all Windows 8 or 7 compliant. So as the utilities migrate now that they're forced to, we're already set to work with the, whatever system they pick. Yeah, it's not too bad, though. Yeah. No, it's not. It's, it, it, <laughs> the problem is, is is when you have 50, 100 test sets and you have a number of crews, it's just um, managing that whole um, transformation from XP to 7, let's say, and all the software packages that go with it. <laughs> and what you want to, yeah, and what you don't want to do is impact the crew so they have a lot of downtime, right? Because their job is to go out and do testing, and the testing's usually on a schedule, and you got to keep up with the schedule. You get behind, and if you get behind, then you get into audits and findings and penalties, and it's just get into a death spiral. <laughs> well, and that's the interesting thing is that software has become such a critical component in power. You would, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, you'd tell somebody I'm a software expert and I'm a power guy, they'd be like, what? Yeah, yeah. You, like I said, when I started, you wrote everything down on <laughs> paper and pencil. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Um, now, Do- Doble is out of uh, Massachusetts. Where are your other major offices? Oh, we, <clears throat> so we have a number of offices here in the States. We ha- we're located down in Raleigh and in Sacramento. We have offices in Beijing, uh, Singapore, um, India, and uh, the UK, and um, Dubai, and in Norway. And quite an impressive array of offices, which means you're also addressing international power issues, not just the United States. Yes, and uh, you know we we uh, attend like ninety different uh, committees between CIGRE, IEC, and IEEE. So we're involved all across the globe on standards. And last two weeks ago, I was in Belgium on a CIGRE meeting, and they're <laughs> the Europe, you know, because it was more of a European focused conference have similar but different issues with the um, push in Europe to go to alternate energy faster than we're doing here in the U.S. And with the different countries doing it at different paces, they've caused a huge grid collision over there that 
that they can't move power around. They can't. They're just constrained. And so now they're waking up to those problems that they started ten years ago. So it was interesting listening to their issues too. But a lot of it's similar as far as data and how do you manage it and all, all those things also. Well, then hopefully then we'll see some uh, things from the European migration that might help us with ours. <laughs> well, you're already seeing that. I mean, the coal to gas conversion over the last couple of years has just been at a phenomenal rate. And uh, the wind farms that have picked up. Uh, I hope that the advances in solar, you know, the be able to get more solar on cloudy days, that kind of technology gets implemented, because that will really help um, stabilize that power source instead of going on off just because a cloud goes over. Exactly. Now, Don, I always give my guests an opportunity to have the last word. <laughs> so I was wondering if you had any final thoughts or advice or tips or viewpoints for the audience before we close out this episode. Uh, just um, keep an eye on your data. Uh, make sure your processes are tight so that you can pass your audits. <laughs> because when, when the ISO or the NERC uh, come through, that's critical. It gives it a lot of credibility to what you're doing if you can pass the audits. Well, there you go. That's good advice. Thank you so much, Don, for taking the time to be with us today. All right. You're welcome. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Palt for Palt on Power. Have a great day.